Today's episode is brought to you by Alliance Aviation. Whether your mission is flying in style to any of the circuits on this year's Formula One calendar or simply traveling for business, Alliance's team of aviation professionals is ready to get you from point A to point B. When you fly with Alliance as a charter customer, we deliver superior aircraft, fair pricing, and no long-term commitments. And right now, we have an ongoing promotion to save you 5% on all jet cards. Normally, a jet card can cost you $6,500 per flight hour, but when you use promo code POINTS, you can save over $8,000 per jet card. Use promo code POINTS and fly to the Formula One circuits in style at fly.flyalliance.us slash points. the fastest growing podcast on the globe. Formula One related is the only podcast growing at the speed of Formula One. I am your host, Matt O'Teal, and we have a very special episode. Sam D.R. Russell alongside me today. We've got Stefano Sedano, as always, in the 3C right behind. He is ready to rock and roll. And guys, we have an insane episode in our hands because Silverstone lived up to the hype. But first, as always, boys, welcome back to the podcast. Matt. Tell you how, chaps. I want to see Claret on the pavement. It's time to get stuck in, lads. <laughs> Tough to follow that. But uh, in the words of Sam Russell, Carlos Sainz will win a race this year. And I cannot wait to get into this because I was correct. Um, and that was... The greatest race maybe I've ever watched. Promises made, promises delivered. Sam, D.R. Russell, one more time for the fans at home. Give us this tagline. Carlos Sainz will win a race this year. And guess what? He won a race. Carlos Sainz won a race this year. Hell yeah, fire it up. And speaking of hell yeah, brother, fire it up. The newest in the points merch. Hell yeah, brother, fire it up. Available and any single size, color that you would like. We have a whole new merch store, check that out. But guys, Silverstone, so much to talk about. An absolutely, probably the best race we've seen, two, three, four, maybe even a decade. One of the most electric races that we have seen. It started off with an absolutely mega crash. They didn't even make it to the first pit lane line. And there was a car, Joe Yu, upside down, speeding through that first corner. Guys, I unfortunately didn't watch this live. I was stuck in a place with no service. You guys watch it live. Give the listeners your take. Sam, what the hell was going through your mind when Joe was upside down? So it was it was pandemonium, um, but what was frustrating is we couldn't really see what happened. The original camera view, you just kind of saw, like, saw the tail end and he went out of the picture. So you didn't really see how bad it was. And then we never saw a replay for Stefano. What because was it? 45 minutes. 45 minutes. And me and Stefano yeah. were texting back and forth. And we were like, we didn't know what was going on. We had no idea really what happened. Um, so it was scary because there was like a, you know, 20 minute stretch there where they didn't know if, you know, Joe was okay. Um, so, and, and we did get a clip of George Russell running towards him. So you knew like it was really bad if a driver is going to get out of his car and run towards a wreck. Um, so it was scary. I mean, it was, it was a scary start to the race. Um, just kind of bizarre. Yeah. It was, it was nuts. Yeah. It was literally in real time. It was one of those like blink and you'll miss it things. Cause in the wide shot, when the accident happened, all you could see was like a 10th of a second clip of Joe's car, like spiraling towards the barriers. And if you literally, if you blinked, you missed it. You know what the craziest part of that whole thing was there? I mean, well, sorry, there were so many crazy parts. I can't even pick one, but like one of the other craziest parts was Albon had another incredible shunt into the wall. And that yeah, was that'll shunt him into the wall. He got the, he got the worst out of it. He was the one who spent the most time in the hospital, right? Which but like, crazy. which is so wild to think about because 
his looked like child's play when you finally saw what happened to Joe. I actually still don't understand. Yeah, but his 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 was a weird one where it triggered the G sensor in the in in the cockpit. So it's, it's like it's a protocol. They send him immediately to the hospital for it. But the craziest thing is the halo did its job for Joe, but at the same yeah. time, like we've seen it where there's a certain part of the spot of the car where your head could actually hit it. Like last year, yeah. Lewis had the tire hit his head when they went into that first turn at Monza with Max yeah. and Lewis coming out of the pit lane. So your head is kind of exposed at the right angle. And if you break that top part, your head could literally be crushed. I'm Not sure only that, but like there's, there's also openings where debris can fly into as well. So if you have like sharp yeah. objects flying all over the place, it could potentially pierce a helmet. Yeah. Yeah. You, could die. Uh, say you, you can you still, gotta, there's still a very easy possibility to die in a Formula One car. You, it, it's better, rare. It's take, very rare. Take a cap to, to Formula One because a crash like that should have resulted in a death. So I think a few years ago, heard, what of a few years ago it did. Yeah. So the, the measures they've taken in the past few years, uh, driver safety are clearly working. I mean, that it's something a worse crash than that and, and not have any injuries at all, really. Um, but I also, also think. Very lucky, very lucky that no fans got hurt. Very lucky. Um, yeah, that, that almost went yeah. for the chain link. Yeah, fans. and like no debris, like got on anybody. Like that could have been really, really bad. Uh, so they lucked out. And, and like I said, tip your cap to Formula One because if no one gets hurt in a crash like that, then they're they're doing everything right. Guys, but here's Damn, a, I want, question. Real here's a quick, big question real quick. I have for you I guys. Wanna, really I want to tip my cap uh, to George uh, Russell. Stefano, uh, here's my question for you guys. Is Silverstone too dangerous of a track? No. No. Why? We've seen two incredibly high-speed collisions there in the past two years. It's also it's, per, it's all it also has produced one of the best races. Totally agree, so, but is it that doesn't mean it's not one of the most dangerous tracks. It's not too circuit. dangerous. It may, you, see, you see crashes in Monaco every year. It's not not nobody like comes. that. Not like that. Look, it might be dangerous. You but, see, all right. Mar uh, look look at look at Albert Park. Martin Brundle was involved in one of the worst crashes at Albert Park in the history of that racetrack. That is true. That is true. And nobody's calling for that. You know, well, is I'm that a dangerous track? Silverstone, Silverstone remains on the circuit. I was just asking if you guys thought it was too guys. All right, big crash. My biggest concern, my biggest issue with the whole race, red flag restart, reverting back to the old grid. Everybody insanely confused, commentators, fans alike, Max Verstappen, and Sam, you got to be in my camp on this one because Lewis Hamilton had an unbelievable start. He got a great launch. He got up into P3. He beat out Checo. He beat out Leclerc. It was Max, Sainz, Hamilton, clearly in that order before Joe even got into a, they had very clear camera angle evidence to suggest yeah they, that. they they were they were clear of that crash by a what long if, margin what happened but it, what because happened? they i think it's because it, there wasn't a racing lap completed it's a oh, very obscure that's rule. true that's not true that's not the rule that is not the rule what is what, it's i know it's an obscure rule. rule they said not all the cars were able to get to the first safety car line which yeah, is that's, that's, that's that is that, that's the that is what they ended up saying but i think this is just typical FIA crap right here. No one even knows what the rule was. We're watching for the broadcast for 30 minutes. The announcers had no, they were like, this can't be right. I think at one point they said like it, it, yeah. it didn't make any sense and no one knew the rule. And I don't even know if there's like a rule actually written on this, to be honest. I feel like they just made it up in real time. And Vintage. I don't know why. And you're right. I mean, it was, that was like a big moment. And, um, <laughs> Does signs win the race if they don't do restart that? No, no, no chance. Um, so even yeah, Lewis was on his tail. It, it totally changed the complexion of the race, and like like I said, I don't understand the rule. And I don't think anyone does. So did, uh, any, did any of the teams appeal that after the race? I don't know. Surprisingly, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, I did not hear about that either. I think that all the teams in the real time were appealing on the fly. I mean, the the team that had the most to lose from that was was Red Bull. No. Mercedes. You don't think so? No. Well, Mercedes jumped two places. Yeah, but Red Bull had Max in first. Red, oh, yeah, yeah but Red I mean, Bull was the race yeah, leader. The they, both that, got, they both got screwed. The team that had the most to lose was Mercedes jumping two spots and getting track advantage over a Red Bull and a Ferrari. Max starting back up against yeah, Sainz. But, but, but Hamilton probably wouldn't have been able to hold that the whole race. So True. Dude, I, don't I, know. Think, so, looking, I think, I think Red Bull got screwed. Most. I think Red Bull got screwed. Red Bull did get pretty looking solid. 
Mercedes as a team got solid because they wouldn't let George Russell back into the race, but you know, rules are rules. But honestly, I'm, I, I, I don't know where I heard this, but um, apparently his, his car had transmission issues and it wouldn't have made it back to the pit lane anyway. So, okay, that's, I didn't hear that. that's a different story. If that's the case, then I don't think he should have been able to restart. But I think there should be some like judgment call where if you get out and you're trying to like save the life of one of the drivers, then maybe you should be able to. So here was the big thing that happened. Apparently, he told the marshals, do not touch the car. The car is fine. I want to go check on Joe. And the marshals touched it anyway. And once they did that, that was deemed help. Even though George, and that was why George was so mad. He was like, yeah, no, I said specifically, do not touch the car. The car is totally fine. I'm going to get back in and drive it. I want to go check on Joe. But Yeah, but I wonder if the drivers have final say in that. No, nah, it yeah. doesn't matter. And in any case, it's irrelevant here and there because the yeah. biggest thing to talk about next was the restart. Yeah. And the way signs in Verstappen, that battle... Dude, don't forget Checo. He, the, no, he, signs was defending about, Max yeah, and Checo at the same there. time. Checo is not even in the mix yet. The signs Verstappen battle was unbelievable. Mega. Yeah. Mega. It Big was, uh, you could argue it was the best defense that we've seen all year from a driver from signs. It was all time. It was, it was absolutely all time. You've got peak Verstappen in a probably, frankly, a faster car, Very been much faster so. off the line all year. He just passed him already. Like you just saw him go past you in the first start to, for him to hold him off there. It was, it was a career defining moment for Carlos Sainz. It was epic. Yeah. It took a lot of balls from Carlos Sainz and And he definitely, he definitely proved us wrong in a lot of ways uh, about our judgments. Yeah. And you know what, Carlos Sainz? I, 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 as a big Verstappen guy, I was watching for how I could say that that was, somehow like on the limit or illegal or like he was dangerously driving and he he just couldn't he was 100 percent within the right it was one of the best battles best battle we've seen even between leclerc and verstappen all year maybe even one of the best battles we've seen between max and lewis from last year that was one of the most incredible first laps i've ever seen and then what four laps later he goes off the track and gives his position up God. Yeah, Carlos Sainz tries to revert to being a rally driver like his dad again, gives up the place. And then, dude, literally everything fell in Ferrari's lap this week. This, no, this past everything weekend. fell into Carlos Sainz's lap this yeah. week. I disagree with you, Stefano. If everything fell into Ferrari's lap at the end of the race, when they started by the safety car one and two, they would have ended one and two. Once no, again, no, no, but you didn't let me finish. Ferrari, everything I, fell into I, their I, lap I, and they I, fucked it up. They stealth. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Carlos Sainz, we've talked about him for a long time. He was gifted the win. Let's all be real. Like, for everyone listening, Carlos Sainz ended up winning the race. There was a lot that happened between lap three and the end of the race. And we're going to get to a lot of it. But he was gifted the race. Yeah, I think we've said, I think we've said it for, I mean, the last time he was in a position to win the race we said Carlos Sainz when he does win we knew I knew he was going to win we said that it would have to be circumstances like this yes. he wasn't going to win on get on pole and then lead after first lap and not give it up the rest of the race like it was something was going to have to happen multiple things were going to have to happen for Carlos Sainz to win the race now I think you got to give him some credit where he raced a really good race it wasn't like I, yeah i give him a ton of credit i thought he, he, i thought he raced i thought he raced a great race and for him to call off the dogs when he's got his team over the radio saying hold the everyone up behind you so chuck can get 10 car lengths ahead and win the race and he said screw that it took balls to do that it did take balls um and you know, he, I definitely, he was gifted in some sense, but I thought he raced a great race. I thought it was nails him calling off his team at the end and he finished it. He had, he drove a great last 10 laps of the race. Uh, he were, he, he deserved to win, even though it was, no. it was handed to him. No, it was handed to him, but he still deserved to win. No, he didn't. It was inadvertently handed to him. I he think didn't, No, he didn't, he didn't deserve to win. Here's why you just said it. He went off the track. He was ahead of Max. He he wasn't he, perfect. He did a well. That's why you don't deserve to win. Yeah, you can still deserve no. to not be perfect. No, he didn't deserve to win at all. He first off, he botched. Wait, so the, Matt, no, hold on, Stefano. He botched the first start. 
and Max <laughs> overtook him. And then he got gifted a second chance. Then he then he did defend very well against Max at the restart. Then he went off the track wide, and Max was very clearly ahead of him, and he was nowhere really close. His teammate starts complaining that Carlos isn't going fast enough. Then Max gets hit with some debris and gifts signs the lead again. And then again, Leclerc is all upset that he's not racing a good enough race. And then at the end of the race with the safety car, he gets put on softs and they hang Leclerc out to dry on hards where everybody behind him was on soft tires. Carlos Sainz did not deserve to win that race. Yeah, he was gifted to he it. Was he was gifted, gifted the he race. He was gifted, but he was, but like to say that Carlos Sainz didn't race a good race is that's not what I said. He, he raced, raced he a raced good a really race. good race and he and he cleaned up the mess when it was given to him. Matt, in your I'll opinion, who, who deserved to win that race? Who deserved to win that race? Yes. Personally, and I know this is like there's two people that deserve to win the race. One Charles Leclerc deserved to win that race. His team totally I actually I agree with that. I agree with that. His team totally screwed him out of the safety car restart with soft tires. And the other person who deserved to win the race was probably Max because of his first start. And then he got unlucky with debris. That happens. That's not like anybody's fault. That's part of the motorsport. We've seen unlucky things happen to Lewis. We've seen unlucky things happen to Alonso. But he literally had a great first start. He was well ahead and he was very clearly a dominant racer and he's so consistent that once he got that lead from Carlos Sainz, even in the second one, he was probably going to cruise to a win, maybe a battle with Leclerc at the top. But like, he was also pretty deserving. He got the debris and like, that was the end of his race. So like, so, Lewis, Matt, Matt, third, remote third, but Leclerc deserved Lewis, another race. Lewis Hamilton had a, a brief window of opportunity to win that race. And if he finished on the top step, would you have said that he was a deserving winner? hundred percent. Okay, I'm I'm with that because he dude, he but, he uh, had some fucking two, mega overtakes. Compared to the other two, he's third. He was my third one. Ch- Chuck deserved to win it. All else equal, Max got unlucky with debris, but he also raced very hard early on before he had the issue. And Lewis got a great launch at the start, and he had actually some pretty damn good race pace. That if they restarted, he would have had track position. He probably would have been P three the whole way. Those are yeah, the three. I'll put it, I'll put it to you this way. I'll put it to you this way. In regards to your point, I, I, I was debating who I have as my driver of the day between Leclerc and Checo, because Checo got damaged in the begin in the first lap of the race, fit, went all the way down to the bottom of the grid to get his wing uh, repaired, and then finished in second place. And then Chuck, Chuck had the drive, the entire race with a broken front wing. And I, I forget the actual number associated with how much downforce he was losing with that broken wing, but it was, it was, it was, it was noticeable, but he was still able to put in quite a mega drive to get to, to P4. Let me just say this. This is why watching this race and like looking back on it, it's, it's my favorite race I've ever watched because you look through the order of finishers and it takes you to get to 13, Daniel Ricardo for, to, to point out someone who had a bad drive. Every single person had a, was great. Yeah, like one through twelve, any anyone who was in the points was great, and then the people who finished outside. Stroll was Stroll was whatever. Latifi, I thought had a it was a good. Latifi had a better qualifying than a race. Yeah, but he he was fine. He was he was solid, and everyone else was great. Signs Perez, like you said, Perez was unbelievable. Hamilton. Hamilton was my driver that I thought he was. Lando, Lando had a great race too. I'm saying Chuck, good drive. Alonso, really good drive. Alonso had great pace all day. He had another great drive. Norris, great drive. Lando was was really, really good. Max, bad circumstance, but you know what? So well, it was a great recovery drive. It was, it was a, a great, great recovery, recovery drive. In a shit car, getting back in the points was hats off. Great drive. Both Haas's from Nick got his first points of the season. 17th get both in the points. Unbelievable from both of them. Shout out yeah. to Nick. Finally get on the board. We won't relegate you to esports quite yet. Not yet. But both Haas's unbelievable drives. And then Vettel, I think, where'd he qualify? Like 18th or something like that? 16th? He, he, it wasn't a good qualifying session. I don't think he, he got out of Q3. Q, he didn't get out of Q1. He finishes in the points. Like Q1, everyone, sorry. Everyone was unbelievable. There were so many good drives. It was just... It was such a treat. It was just such a great race. I have I, I wrote down in my little notepad, sponsored by Alfa Romeo, by the way. Um, 
that uh, this is potentially the best race. When you look at it in its totality, from P1 through uh, P20, this was probably the best race I've ever seen in my life because there was battles all over the track. So, you know, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen over, over, over the, over the years, really great races. But when I look back on it, those great races were marked by single battles between two drivers or, you know, two or three drivers. This race had battles between the entire, you know, top 10. Stefano, I think I texted you get excitement you. like that in F1. It's so rare. This was such a unicorn race. I think I texted you at one point, Stefano, and said, this is a, it was a great battle between Mick and Latifi. And I was like, that's, that's something I never thought that I would text my whole entire life. And they had a nice little battle in there at that yeah. point, get into the points. It was 10 11. It was. Dude, what about, was, what about Mick battling wait, Max? On, Stefano, that wait, was great. Wait, we'll Sam, get to that. Sam, let me ask you a question. You're saying you were surprised that Mick and Latifi were having a battle? They're always no, at the and, back and of the no, but no, but they're but they're never like overpassing each other. That at that point, that oh, was yeah. from yeah, that they're, was they're from never fighting. Get to into tenth. Yeah, okay. So it was to get into the points at that point, and it was they went on for like a full lap. It was it was great. It was uh, that's why I said Latifi had a good drive. He, he also Latifi. If 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 there wasn't that horrible accident with Joe, Latifi may have finished higher because he. He got he got the jump on Joe oh, and George Russell. Move on he spooked George Russell into bumping Joe. Through. Can, I, yeah. can I ask you guys? Are you guys Latifi guys? I think I'm turning into a no. Latifi guy. No. Oh. Um, I, yes, I am turning no. into. I think I Latifi won me over this weekend. I think I'm turning into a Latifi guy. And Dude, when he still get, finished when outside he get, of the points, what hey, when, he gets these Williams, when he gets these Williams upgrades that they screwed him over with this last weekend, when he stormed out after not getting the upgrades and, and Albon did, I'm going to go as far as saying that we see Latifi score points this year. And you know what? One other reason I think mathematically, up, like, mathematically, on, mathematically, you're not wrong. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, the other thing too, Dude, the, there's too much excitement in the air. We're just we're just pumped to talk. <laughs> Shout out our boy Ernie in the headset of Latifi this weekend at Austria. Hopefully, we get to see this guy put him even more on the map than he was before. Guys, yeah. here's the big question of the day What the hell is going on at Ferrari with Charles Leclerc? Not Charles Leclerc on track. I mean, no, you mean the Ferrari strategists. No, I mean, there is tension in the paddock between the Ferrari team and Chuck Leclerc. Dude, I think, I think this may have been the straw that broke the camel's back. And I think that Charles Leclerc is seriously considering his options insofar as his future in F1. So where do you think he goes? McLaren? No, they have a shit car. Uh, Mercedes, him and George Russell at Mercedes. Leclerc is a championship contender. He's going, if he's going to move anywhere, he's probably, if, if Checo departs in, when did, when did he renew his contract for? When, uh, when is next that? Year. And next, year. next year. If Checo leaves and goes to another team at the end of next year, I could definitely see Red Bull making a move to try to get Leclerc. No. I would not. He's not going to go play second fiddle to Max. Red Bull treats their drivers as equals. No, they, no don't. they don't. What are you talking about? That's what they say. That's what Matt says. That's what every team and, says. Oh, that's, that's, that's actually a good topic. Can we talk about the uh, Ferrari, how they handled the um, signs being one, Leclerc being two, and the contrast of their lack of team orders compared to Red Bull's no fighting. I think, hey, two direct quotes. Red Bull early in the year, no fighting. This past weekend, fight it out. They let the, those two Ferraris fight it out. And I know, I know Ferrari was getting a lot of heat for that. I don't think that would, there's anything wrong with that. And I actually was fine with it. I don't think it even mattered in the end of the race. I, I loved letting them fight it out right there and, and let them decide Same. on the track, no team orders. And it goes by everything that I've argued all year. I love what Ferrari did on Sunday. I yeah. loved it. No, you're right. At Sam. first, at first, hold on stuff. No, you're right. Yeah, Sam. go for it. Go for it. Uh, hey, Carlos, make sure you give uh, Chuck 10 car lengths. That's right? a way. You're right. There's no team orders in there. Oh, my God. You guys can't talk out of both sides of your mouth. You just said 20 Matt, minutes ago. Matt. No, hold on. You just said 20 minutes ago that, oh, the balls he had to kick and say, no, I'm not going to follow the team orders. 
you guys are absolutely out of your minds. But I thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna come with a lot better than that because if that was if that's your argument that they were yeah, putting, I, thought, I thought you were gonna come a lot better than Ferrari so covering their asses so for leaving the so out to dry. Orders, I give them ten car lengths so you can win the race. You guys are pathetic. I thought you had something better than that. You guys are absolutely yeah, pathetic. And, and for the team who is absolutely the most notorious team on the planet, I don't care what happened in two thousand five. Most notorious political Sunday? team. The most notorious political team. And to say that there was no team orders after you heard Chuck and you guys are all over Max. I'm faster than I'm faster than Checo. Oh, he's a baby. Oh, I'm faster than Checo. Oh, he needs to get his way. Chuck was bitching him on the whole race. I'm faster. He needs to speed up. I'm ruining my race. Blah, 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 blah. Hey, Carlos, you got to speed it up. You guys are absolutely Matt, clowns. Let me ask you this, Matt. Did, did they or did they not battle it out on track? They battled it on track and at the end of the race, they, were, they wanted him to, they gave him team orders. Different story. So they because gave, that, because they gave that was, team orders. Because that was Matt. I'll tell you why. Because that was their only way of securing a one-two if Signs held up those guys and let Chuck win. That was no. their only chance of, of yes, no. it was. That was it. No, their only no, chance was hitting both for, for, for split uh, socks. They did. If they really that's, that's to, what I'm talking about. They, they really, screwed up. If they really wanted to battle on track, put Chuck on softs and put Carlos on softs and let them battle it up. Okay, they, of course, they've obviously screwed that up. But at that point, they knew they screwed it up and they knew Leclerc was a sitting duck and they knew they, their only chance of securing a one-two was signs holding up the guys behind him and letting Chuck it ahead. Oh, that's only, that's only, no, that's, that's fair. That's fair. That's all I'm saying. That sounds a lot like team orders. But it's not. It's, okay. It's, it's different can, than can, when can I, can I make Can I make my no, point? You guys are right. It's different oh. when Ferrari does it versus when Red Bull does it. That's so, fair. No, that's fair. This is, it's I thought you were going to come doesn't. with something better than this tonight. I mean, you guys, it's such a weak argument saying Ferrari doesn't have team orders and then there's a clear, hey, give them 10 car lengths, which is the rule book, to give them a head start. I don't know. They didn't even do it, though. No, they did. This is the one. They did issue team orders. Carlos didn't abide by them. There's two different things. And it didn't happen. Two different things. Can and I make my way, point regarding this? That's the same by the way, it's, you also guys saying that no fighting from Baku when Sergio finished 25 seconds behind Max is a joke. I just think it's, I just think it's history. Two, 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 two very clear quotes we've heard in those two races. One, no fighting. And two, fight it out. Sam, no Sam. When your when your teammate is has multiple seconds better pace than you is very different than the two cars who are very very tight, very different, very Sam, different. At first, at first, I was I agreed with you on Sunday about how great it was that they just like let them fight it out, but reflecting on over the past couple of days, I wish Ferrari instituted more team orders. I wish they were more strict okay, about it. Definitely, it wouldn't have mattered regardless. They, Why? they, because uh, uh, eventually Chuck got through, and then there was a safety car, so it didn't matter. No, 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 no. They need to be more cutthroat about this. You have a driver who uh, wants to challenge for the driver's championship. But at the end of the day, this is another instance of Ferrari botching the strategy. How old? Oh, yeah, no, Matt, nobody's cars, arguing that. Ten laps to go in safety car. One two. It's it, and you finish one four. Okay, here's so here's here's what I'll say on it. It's it is absolutely inexcusable for them to not pit both signs and Leclerc on the safety cars. Inexcusable. It makes absolutely positively no, no sense yeah. whatsoever to not pit both of them and double stack them. I don't care that they're that's a double stack because and I don't care they're giving up track position. Because the only reason that the cars behind also pitted for stops because is because they didn't they didn't get a track position it would they if they get track position and it was who would have been hamilton in first or whoever was first they would be on the old old hards and chuck and leclerc i mean chuck, chuck and signs would have been able to pass whoever didn't pit so it's i think it's, i think we're kind of missing the forest for the trees here um ferrari they are botching their strategy because they just want these problems that arise on track to sort themselves out they don't here's, want to be seen as the what, what? What's up, Matt? No, I was gonna say. Here's my question: You guys still on the fire Bernardo train after? Yes, I'm so. more. I'm more on it. Yeah. I like. Yeah, you I have a team. You have a team principal who doesn't want to like take the bull by the horns and risk making one driver upset for the betterment of the team. They would have finished one two. They would have closed the gap on Red Bull if Matty if Bernardo just had some balls and said, "Signs, no, really, fucking put ten car lengths in between you and Chuck." 
Well, they did have the or, ball say it. They did have the ball say it. What they should have done was said, if you guys are truly uh, saying that Ferrari doesn't have team orders, put sauce on both those cars and let them duke it out on track for one, too. Yeah, they fucked up. No, they, no, nobody's, yeah. nobody's arguing against that, yeah. Matt. We just said, said what? Have balls and tell him the back up 10 car lengths. He did have balls. He did tell him the back up 10 car lengths. No, but he didn't like, enforce it. Because it didn't, didn't matter. It. Doesn't matter. He did force it. Carlos Sainz says, ah, no, 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 no. What they should have done was put them both on softs. It didn't even matter if they gave him 10 car lengths, to be honest with you, because Lewis and Checo were going to catch. Uh, they were going to catch um, Charles Leclerc. Well, it's not even close. When he was on hards? Yes. They were banking on the only way they wouldn't have is they were banking on signs following that order. And oh, of course they were. Of course they were. Yeah. What this, what this, what this order was, was just a way to try to just get what, what you go ahead, Matt. Sorry. To your point, the Bonato having some balls that clearly shows you Carlos Sainz thinks he can walk all over Mattia Bonato. I think because he has no balls. I, I think what happened is signs. Felt it. And he, he felt that he could win the race, and he realized what was going on. And he realized when 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 Chuck didn't pit, he's thinking, "I I have my chance. There's 15 laps left to go in this race, and I can win. Yeah. I can win it relatively easily if things go my way here." And he said, "Screw this. I'm going to win the race." And I I well, like rightfully so. I he's on softs. Why would he? Why why would he? It made no uh, sense. Compromise his race while his teammate is on inferior tires. It made, totally it made no sense. It Guys, was, yeah, I it mean, was just Ferrari trying to cover their ass for botching the strategy. 100%. That's all it was. And it comes back to the storyline of the year. The only people who are going to beat themselves in the constructors is Ferrari themselves. Yeah. They should be leading yeah. the constructors right yeah. now. The only people that are going to cost uh, Chuck a driver's championship is Ferrari. And the only people that are going to cost Ferrari the constructors' championship are Ferrari. Yep. Exactly. Because you just have idiots that are working back there. Absolute boneheads. But who's making the call? It's obvious. If we're sitting there, uh, like the bozos we are, and we're like calling it out in real time, how is a professional F1 strategist not being like, uh, duh, let's like pit them both and put softs on them both? I just don't, I can't come to grips with how, as a professional F1 strategist for one of the most historical teams in this, for the most historical team. Fucking that decision up. I just don't get it. it I nuts. can't fathom it. It's nuts. And honestly, they had a golden opportunity to steal a lot of points and chip away at that Red Bull lead. And in fact, they ended up only being, they had one four, Checo was second, and Max was seventh. So at the grand scheme of things, it was like a I think net. They only took 13 points off the constructors. Yeah, which yeah. is nothing. And, and Chuck third. only made up six points in the driver's championship. That's As they're heading into their home race of Austria for the Red Bull ring this upcoming weekend. Yeah. And yeah. Red Bull was freaking quick. Red Bull was quick at Silverstone. Yeah. The only Red Bull was the quickest team at Silverstone. The only They're going to take Red's going to be a, it's going to be a one two for Red Bull in Austria. Hundred percent, guarantee Absolutely it. Absolutely, percent, thousand percent. Especially with a short week. I mean, Checo finished second with a front wing damage. He started at the back of the pack after the end of the first or the third lap. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you what. If Ferrari is leading the race one two going to the last lap in Austria, I still, I still back Red Bull to beat them at the finish just because yeah. Ferrari will shoot themselves in the foot on the last lap and make them do some boneheaded fucking something. Guys, last thing I'll say about this, and then we have to go to our, our listener call-ins, is I'm not even convinced that Ferrari, if they were in second or third against Red Bull with a gap, could successfully pit for the fastest lap at the end of a race. Yeah, I they can't do anything. Right? I, I don't even think they would be able to accomplish that. Like If there was like a 25-second gap between them and a Mercedes – and they needed to pit for the fastest lap of the race. I don't think they would successfully complete that either. Absolute probably not. You, ha- it's a shame because they have two good, great drivers. Say what you want about Carlos Sainz, but he just won a race that first race of his entire career, first win of his entire career. Still won a race. He, they have two yeah, great drivers. First win. I don't know. He's not that good in my opinion. Two great whatever. drivers, but they have the worst. Just uh, in uh, uh, Stefano, Stefano, it's so bad you can't even get words out. That's how bad it is. It's, it's so speech. bad that I'm I'm reverting to type and just going like this over and over again because I don't have fucking words to say. I'm just doing this. Yeah, but guys, newest segment for us, listener Collins. Very and we've got yeah. and, and we've got an awesome guest on today. We got Chad L from Harwichport. Chad. Long time listener, it sounds like. First time caller. Welcome onto the program, Chad. 
Hey, thanks, boys. Really, really happy to be here. Big fan. Um, I am Team Stefano. I love what he brings to the podcast. Hell yeah, brother. But uh, yeah, thanks for having Fire me. Fire up, Chad. Chad, what do you got for us this week, buddy? Hey, so obviously great weight, great, great race this weekend. Um, and, you know, watching Lewis Hamilton as home track, just incredible. You know, that double overtake towards the end, the fans kind of going nuts the entire time. I know, I know Sam's a Lewis guy, um, but, you know, it just kind of makes me think, you know, about his mortality in the sport and, you know, what's his future looking like? Obviously it's been a tough year, you know, George Russell, obviously having a better year than him, but would just like to hear about your thoughts on his future. Have you heard anything? You know, what do you think is going to be the next year for him? Is it Mercedes? Is it somewhere else? Or is it retirement? Thanks. Well, thanks, Chad. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question. Um, and yeah, watching the race this weekend, you know, it was vintage Hamilton. Um, and it makes you think how many more years we're going to get out of that. I personally think he walks away earlier than you think he does. I think he's one of these guys that's got all these outside ventures outside the sport. We know we tried to buy Chelsea this year. He's a big fashionista. Um, I just, I think we see him walk away a little earlier than expected, but I do think he wants to walk away after winning another title. So I think we're going to get another couple of years out of him. I think based off of what we're seeing Mercedes, I'd be shocked if they weren't in the title hunt next year. Um, so I think we see him at least come back next year. And then we talked about a little earlier. I love the idea of Chuck Leclerc filling Lewis's seat when Lewis leaves, maybe in a, in two years or so. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, but yeah, I'd say another, another two years and maybe another title hunt before we see Lewis actually exit. Hey, hey Chad, good question. Let me ask you this. Uh, do you think Lewis would relegate himself to a seat outside of the top three teams? Like, do you think that if uh, Chuck Leclerc goes and, and sits in the, the silver arrows at the end of next year, do you think Lewis is a competitor enough to go to a mid a mid tier team? Or do you think that he's uh, he's got his eyes on the prize and he wants that Schumacher record? Yeah, I don't, I don't see him leaving my stage. I, I think he wants to be, in a title contending car. I think all he cares about right now is kind of the Tiger Woods hunt. You know what I mean? It's just like you want to break the record. You want to have the most titles. So I think kind of agreeing with Sam, I think that's what he's going to going for. I can't see him going like a McLaren or anything like that. But I don't know. It'd be tough to see him outside the Mercedes after what he's been doing for the past, past few years. Hey, Chad, would you root for Red Bull if uh, if Christian Horner brought Lewis Hamilton over and it was a Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton won two? I would not. Wow. Hell yeah, wow. brother. Fire Love that brother. take. <laughs> Love wow, that take. Brother. So wow, I would, never, I would not. Chris, Chris would not. <laughs> hey, Chad, yeah. give us a last question for you. Give us your top moment of the race this past weekend outside the one you led off with uh, the double overtake. Yeah, so I think for me, um, you know, scary start to the race obviously kind of shows you why we had the halo in there in the first place. You know what I mean? It's kind of crazy. They ever complained about that, but seeing George Russell get out of his car right away and kind of go out there and just kind of, you gotta love to see that in the sport. You know what I mean? The sportsmanship and just kind of having a respect for fellow drivers. So I thought that was a great moment. That was a great one. Yeah, no, it was a really good one. Uh, by the way, earlier in our, our podcast history, we actually heard of a hot take from Stefano that he thought, uh, Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen swap seats and Lewis goes to Red Bull and Max goes to Mercedes. Would that change your answer that I gave you before? No, I mean, I'm, I am a Max hater. I am for sure a Max hater, but I don't like Horner either. So I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I, I'm constantly team Lewis, but. Would you uh, lose respect for Lewis if he did that? No. Like almost like almost like Kevin Durant, like leaving Oklahoma City. I don't think so. I mean, he's already on the top team. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's yeah, what he wants. It's like I don't know. I, I think, like you guys said, Mercedes will be back next year. You know, yeah. they might be back in the hunt this year with the cars getting better. So, no, I, I don't they, think they've so. They've been in with a sniff all year. I mean, they've been consistently the third best team, and I mean. If they keep putting in results, they're going to chip away at Ferrari's lead because Ferrari, like in second place, is looking more and more perilous as each race goes on. 
It's a good point. Stefano, Stefano, do you think anybody can uh, take down Red Bull this year? Uh, honestly, no. <laughs> no. I, 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 as evidence from this, this, this past weekend, I don't think Ferrari has the competence to put in like a solid run of first place results. Like you need you Chuck needs to finish first like three or four races in a row to put him back like significantly dot like in in the title hunt. He's fading fast. Checo it, it's it Checo's in uh, second place right now. It's Red Bull 1 2 with the rest of the way uh, as far as I'm concerned. Sad. Wow. Chatty boy, appreciate you uh, calling in. Thanks as always for the support, man. And, uh, you know, hopefully this, this upcoming weekend, you can see Lewis Hamilton, your boy, finally get back up onto that, that top step like he did last year and return to that top podium with P1. And it raises that British, uh, Great Britain flag once more. Hopefully we see that. Hell yeah, Chatty, fired up. Hell yeah, hey, Chad, we love you. Guys. Hell yeah, brother. Fired All up. Right, brother. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Guys, what a great, uh, what a great caller, great Chad, call, yeah. Chad from Harwich, all time, all time guy, big, big time supporter of the podcast. Yeah, Stefano, great. I mean, good segue for us into the uh, the Austrian preview this week. I mean, let's start with you guys. I mean, short week, race week already. I mean, we're almost looking at practice in like two, three days. Um, Stefano, why don't you kick us off with your predictions for what's going to happen in Austria this weekend? Red Bull Ring, Sam, you were just there doing a yeah, scouting report. We'll get the before. Before Stefano, you give Sam. Why don't you give us your scouting report? Yeah, Sam, I, I'm, I'm, I'm aching to hear this. Sam was in Austria this past weekend. He did an entire grid walk. He was checking out, scoping it out, looking at the newly paved asphalt. He wanted to make sure he had the hottest takes because when Sam's picks get released, he has the sharpest edge. Sam, you're in Austria this weekend. Why don't you uh, give the listeners a little bit of a preview? Yeah, thanks, Matt. I, I took a trip across the pond, um, you know, to, to check out Red Bull Ring myself. Um, drove past Red Bull headquarters, uh, the old ones, not the racing headquarters. Yeah, that's um, a Milton Keynes. So that was neat. Um, and yeah, just uh, I got within 30 minutes of Red Bull Ring. So I kind of got a vibe of what this weekend's going to bring. And yeah, I think the track is going to be fast. Um, and I think that is going to favor Red Bull. There's no question about it. Um, I do not like the chances of Ferrari this weekend, which might be the first time I've said that all year. Yeah. Um, it has. I've documented it. And I'm hoping that I'm like jinxing myself because maybe they might surprise us. Maybe they might bring some sort of package, but you know, the, the air in Austria this past weekend was screaming. Red Bull's going to go one too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried about that. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I mean, we saw last weekend Checo Perez come from the back of the field, finish on second. We saw Max being very dominant. He had some debris. Couldn't really shake that P6, P7, P8 window, but still raced very well with like a, a damage, very clearly damaged car. Um, this is a track. It's their home track, their home circuit. I think last year or two years ago, Max won back to back because they had to host. Uh, a different race at the Austrian circuit. It was called something else, not Red Bull Ring after, on the second one. Question about that. Did they change like the circuit at all for those two races? Or? No, it was the same exact circuit. You just can't have the same name twice. So they called it Red Bull Ring. And then I think it was like the Turkish Grand Prix couldn't be done. So they had the Weird. same track. It was COVID related. COVID, man. COVID related. But he there won. Was, there was one called the Styrian Grand Prix. I can't that remember. That was last year. Yeah. That was last year? Yeah, the Styrian Grand Prix. That's exactly yeah. what it was. Um, all right. Well, Sam, I mean, you clearly seem to have a, a pulse on this. Why don't you lead us off with your predictions for the week? Give us oh. your poll and your P1 through P3. So I think, I think Max is due for a poll. Um, it's kind of, totally it's kind of like odd that he hasn't been on there for a while. Um, so I, I'm feeling that he's due, uh, and, and I see him on poll. Uh, I think actual race. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to go on a little bit of one here. I think Red Bull is going to be quickest. I think their their Max specifically is going to have a great race. I think we see Mercedes stay in the picture, um, and I think we see a Max Lewis one two. And I think we get some old vibes from last year, and Lewis is kind of back in the hunt a little bit. Um, I think Max wins relatively easily, but I think Lewis is there. Um, maybe finishes two in qualifying and we, we see a nice little duel in the first lap. Um, so I think we see a Max Lewis one, two, and then third, I think we see Checo Perez, um, which kind of, you know, going with the whole Red Bull um, superiority this weekend. I think it's a one, three for them, but I think we see Lewis and Mercedes 
still there um, and maybe a step down for for uh, Ferrari this weekend. Wow. All right. So you think that Ferrari really falls off from this past I'm just, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 yeah, it's hard to say, right? Like, it is hard to say, but I do think we see Mercedes stay in the picture. And I do think that Red Bull is going to be supreme. Um, so it's tough for me to see where Ferrari kind of fits into that. I mean, this is the Red Bull home track. They need to be dominant. They have been the past few years. Um, but I mean, I, I like the Lewis take. Lewis was quick at Silverstone. It's it's very clear with these flowy tracks, the European circuit. Stephanie, you said this probably four or five weeks ago. Once you come out of the street circuit part of the calendar, the flowy tracks kind of favor some of these cars. And yeah. it seems like Total Wolf, you know, he got some some inside information from the FIA to find out fix the porpoising, a little advantage that most teams didn't get. So it sounds like they got a handle on that now after being fed some data that they probably shouldn't have gotten. So I agree with you, Sam. I think all of those together, they're kind of the cars back in peak form, yep. you know, like, you know, I, I don't know who Toto's paying to get, you know, inside information, but clearly, you know, maybe Michael Massey felt like he owed him one or, you know, so it sounds like they got a handle on the porpoise saying they're going to be good. So he Stephano, owes him more than one. Stefano, why don't you give us what your predictions are for the for the uh, upcoming Austrian Grand Prix? I'm going Max Pohl, Checo second, freaking George Russell third in qualifying. And for the race, Red Bull and Mercedes lock out the first two rows on the grid. One through four, Merced- uh, Red Bull Mercedes. Rebel 1-2, Mercedes 3-4. And honestly, I'm so pessimistic about Ferrari. I don't even know if I like want to call them finishing like fifth and sixth. <laughs> Guys. Hell yeah, what? brother. Fire it up. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Like, you don't understand how pessimistic I am going into this race. The team that at the start of the safety car restart were 1-2, you guys think are going to be fifth. Are you guys trolling me? Like, seriously, like, are you guys trying to beat me into like some type of thing? Like, you guys just said that you think that Ferrari's going to be fifth and sixth in qualifying. I think I speak for Stefan. No, I said fifth and sixth in the race. You both don't even have them on the podium. I think I speak for Stefan when I say this is just a type of thing right here. You guys are reversing. It's not because of the drivers. For Ferrari, it's because of the fucking team. I can easily see them. I can easily see them completely screwing over the drivers in this race. You guys have been having too many adult beverages that you think they're going to be fifth and sixth. I mean, well, it's because I have to drown out my goddamn sorrows to to uh, to make me feel better for them not getting a one two, a guaranteed one two in Silverstone. Oh, boys, boys, boys! All right, I'll give my predictions for the Austrian Grand Prix. I agree. This is a track. That should suit Red Bull, and Red Bull is very dominant Silverstone. They had some unlucky things happen to them on circuit. I think you're right, Sam. I think we do get the Max Verstappen pull. He has not had many pulls. I think he's had two. The Imola, he was on pole in Canada, right? Imola sprint in Canada. Those are the only two. Oh, we sprint this week. And we have a sprint. Oh, right shit. Board. That's right. Yeah, sprint this weekend, yeah. boys. Hell yeah. Fire it up. Hell yeah, brothers. Fire it up. You guys, come on. Let's get, let's get our shit together on the podcast. I know it's a holiday week, but for the sprint race, I think you're going to see Max Verstappen win the sprint race this weekend. I think he's going to be also on pole. I think Checo Perez is probably the second. And I think you definitely get Charles Leclerc third. I think you're going to get like almost like a, like the, the Baku type of thing. Like they were definitely going to, going to pass uh, Leclerc. Um, and then I think you probably get Lewis, George Russell, Carlos Sainz. Here's why. I think Carlos Sainz has some confidence. He's definitely going to overdrive this weekend with that confidence. He doesn't really know how to channel the confidence. He's going to overdrive himself out of something this weekend. I wouldn't be shocked if you see a reliability out of him. Don't hit that take. And I think podium, I think it's Max Checo. I don't hate the Lewis take. I think you're still going to see Leclerc. He's, the car's so good. I think by what you're going to get, I think you're going to get a Leclerc-Lewis battle on track. And I think you're going to see some wheel-to-wheel racing. I think Leclerc is racing with a lot of adrenaline. And I think he's going to push limits. And I think he's been like a good sport with Max. They've been very respectful on track. I think Leclerc has been pushed to his limit by his team. And he's going to really, I think he might like squeeze Lewis and Lewis is going to go like off track a little bit and come back on track. And we're going to have like a racing incident. Let me just say this. We're going to learn a lot, a lot about Chuck Leclerc. 
this weekend. And it, it, I think you could argue this is one of the most important races of his career. I think after what has happened over the past few weeks, specifically this past race, you know, he wants a win really badly. He needs a win and he needs it. And (laughs) with the way his team has fucked him over consistently, I think we're, it's a, it's a pivotal race for his career. And, and if he goes out this weekend and has his best weekend of the year and goes and wins, I, I think that would be a sign of a true champion. And I think if you see him win this weekend, I do think you see him get back in the driver's championship picture um, because it would prove that he's not going anywhere. No, because he could easily fade off into oblivion and finish fifth this weekend. And that's kind of it for him. Um, and it would be easy for him to pack it in based off of what his team's done to him. So I think he could do that. It could go either way. But if we see him win this weekend, he'll stick around the whole entire year. And I think we get a, a good chase towards the end. Um, but like I said, I could easily see him finishing fifth and that's kind of it. Yeah. Uh, I'm, so. I'm I, hopeful I, for a win, but I, like I said to you guys, I'm very pessimistic. Yeah, but I also think Charles Leclerc has a lot of like good, like I think he has a good head on his shoulders. I think he's like, a, oh, he's a crack, he's a absolute driver. cracking driver. Yeah, he's a mature driver. I, I put this yeah. way. You and put like I said, it's not going to be him. It's going to be his team that fucks his race. Yeah, you put Carlos Sainz in the same position, and I think you get an absolute like disastrous weekend. I think you put Charles Leclerc, and he bounces right back. But yeah, guys, I mean, I'm excited. Austrian Grand Prix this weekend, 9 a.m. Eastern time for us. It's going to be electric. Sprint it's race. Awesome. It's going to be unbelievable. Stefano, final thoughts for this week of the podcast? Dude, like I said, very pessimistic for the boys in red. Definitely think the Bulls are going to be on parade again this weekend in Austria. Either way, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a hell of a weekend. And life at the speed of Formula One, just wait. Just wait. Sam, final thoughts for the podcast. You know, I'll say it one more time. Carlos Sainz will win a race this year. I'm glad I was right. I was. I just, I can't say enough about Silverstone 22. We'll never forget it. Um, and I'm excited for the rest of the season, even though Ferrari are a bunch of bozos. Bozos. Um, I'm excited to see what the rest of the season has in store. Silverstone 22, man. Silverstone 22. Hell yeah. Fire it up. Hell yeah, brother. Fire it up. Guys, what a, what a week. Race week already. I love you guys. Love you guys. You're my everything. No need to ask. He's a smooth operator.